0: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
1: VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Boy, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Love,
0: talk Radio. More live fantasy. Sports Radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday, plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business, like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com, the Audible, Cecil Lamey, Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports, and the fantasy football guys Lyle Conkiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on.
2: Work it, make it, do it, makes us all the better, faster, stronger. Now, get that, that, make that, make that don't kill do me, it, can faster, only make, make me stronger. That, make I need, that, you, stronger. All I all need all you to hurry right up, man, cause I can't wait much longer. Get I know I make got make to be better, right it, now, it, cause faster, I can't get make much stronger.
1: Man, that, man, I've been waiting all, all night now, that's how long I've been on ya. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a special late-night edition of Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. Wherever you may be, thanks for making us part of your show. It's making us stronger, man, these uh, technical difficulties here. And apparently we are not streaming, so we are just going to go live and give you what we got. Hopefully you can uh, catch us on the archive. We apologize to everybody in the live chat room, but uh, Red vs. Blue is is next. (laughs)
0: One bleeds red, and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike.
1: Man, it's a disappointing evening, guys. We are not streaming live to the chat room and to the live audience. We've got a chat room full, just busting at the seams, wanting to talk free agency in the National Football League. I am your host, Scott Atkins, Team Legacy in the world of high stakes fantasy football. As always, I'm joined by my big blue co host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Mike Trent.
3: Good. The boozle meter is low. We're doing good, Scott. Uh, we made a few some uh, technical difficulties, but uh, we're going to make it through. And uh, one thing about it, we we always make uh, make a heck of a show out of it, and I'm looking forward to it. We're going to talk on tight ends and uh, get some other stuff done tonight.
0: Yeah,
1: it's, uh, it's just a sad turn of events. Blog Talk Radio did go down earlier tonight. They worked their tails off on their technical team trying to get it back up and running. And, uh, you know, we just came to the conclusion that after midnight it was going to be fine. And uh, so we, we went ahead and midnight. got the, got the show. Yeah, that would have been off. perfect. Hey, yeah, that would have been perfect. But now, so we got back up and running at midnight, and then all of a sudden the, the stream and the feed goes down. So this is going to be a podcast. Hopefully to everybody in the chat room, you guys can come back and check us out. And one by one, they leave the chat room right now. And so uh, we appreciate their patience And uh, as we try to get uh, get this show rolling. But uh, we're going to bring it to you. We've got uh, the obviously the free agency in the National Football League. We're going to talk about tonight. And uh, Mike, there's some uh, some obviously some uh, some big things going on with wide receivers aplenty. And uh, I tell you, before we go there, though, man, the hate mail that we've been getting the last couple days. There's a couple
3: things going on. <laughs> you know, Mike. Uh, bring we, it, bring it, Scott.
1: We uh, we just we just you know we're just different people you know we we just uh, you know I come I got I got two boys I got a family here at the house and and you know uh, I'm, I'm ready uh-huh. to bring the show and, and and you on your Friday nights you know that's one of your one of your two nights off there in a row and you like to have a good time and get a little loose and uh, so you know I I don't I don't, I don't I understand where you come from but the listeners have spoken and and I should have really printed up some of these. Uh maybe I'll come back and do that uh, by the end of the show. But uh Mike what? they uh they 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 said the uh the, the booze the booze is uh is just taking over.
3: Oh, I love it, I love it. Bring it on, bring it on. The boozle meter. I've got I've got a new uh a new concept. It's called the boozle meter. Uh All right. last week I think the boozle meter was at one, two, it wasn't too much. Uh the week before last ten plus it was probably a hundred and eleven. Uh I it was you. pretty bad. Uh the one thing about it I will uh on Friday night, you know, you never know what's gonna happen with, with the Trent Star. With Mike Peasy <laughs> and the heasy pull sheesy. You never know what's gonna happen. But one thing I will guarantee you is good honest football talk, dynasty talk. Good yeah, talk. And it's yeah, going to happen. Gonna be
1: good. Whether or not they'll understand you is another story. So, uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike, uh, we we all love you and we all hate you. So we're gonna we're gonna get going here tonight, guys. We've got a we've got a great show to talk about. We've been talking uh, and, and unveiling our dynasty picks for all you dynasty uh, freaks out there. Uh, but but uh, I guess the big news uh, is is Terrell Owens, Mike. We, he's uh, he's no longer a Dallas Cowboy. I know that's your team. I know you probably got his jersey. And uh nope. you know it's just it's just really unfair man it's just really unfair
3: Well it's not a, it's not unfair the way it went about uh Jerry Jones son obviously he wanted him out uh there's a lot of people in the organization that wanted him out Jerry Jones is a proud guy he he he's the type of guy that says I'm not going to admit that I'm wrong but uh he he's admitting that he's wrong right now there you got to have cohesiveness. You got to have a strong bunch in, uh, in your team, in the organization that's going to make things happen. And Terrell Owens was not that person. Uh, Um, this gives a chance for, uh, Tony Romo to say, Hey, I'm a leader and this is my team and this is what's going to happen. So, uh, I think it's going to be a good thing for Dallas and down the road. Uh, Whatever team gets Terrell Owens, you need to think about this. Uh, Steve Mariucci, he tried. Andy Reid, he tried. Bill Parcells, he tried. I mean, Jerry Jones, he tried. So, who's who's next to try with this guy? I mean, Terrell Owens is a absolutely wonderful athlete and wonderful in what he does. Who's going to try again?
1: Well, the that is the that is the question, and uh, and and I think that we we need to have a little fun with this, Mike. We need to predict where T O will land. Where does T O go from here, gang? Uh, we uh, we we we've got uh, several options that just seem to jump off the page. Obviously, Washington spends a ton of money on free agents. They just kind of throw together uh, whatever they can. It might be a nice little mentor for. Uh, those young receivers they drafted last year, Mike, and, and then I and then I think the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of stand out. They've always needed that wide receiver. Obviously, he's not going back to Philly. Uh he stands out receivers. at me right
3: now? Okay, Tennessee, Tennessee Titans stand out at me right now. Jeff Fisher will not.
1: I don't, I don't know if Fisher. I don't know if Fisher needs that. Fisher Fisher doesn't need a Terrell Owens on that team, you know. And I don't know if he wants to put up with him.
3: He would take it, but first off, he he would not put up with it. The ground rules will be laid, and uh, I can see right now Jeff Fisher is saying, look here, T.O., it's my team, that's the way it is, and you're going to play and you're going to do what you need to do because you are an outstanding player. So let's just get it done as a team together. If you don't, you're not part of the team. I can see them uh, because they, I, I think they have a ton underneath the cap after Hayesworth left.
1: Well, they've—it's uh, they, definitely a, a situation that, that's, that needs to be monitored. Like I said, I, I, I like the Jacksonville uh, play for if I'm TO and if I'm Jacksonville, I think it makes a lot of sense for both teams. Uh Gerard's the type of uh quarterback that we don't know he's never had a personality like this, but he did have a Jerry Porter. That didn't work out, so maybe maybe learn their lesson there. Yep. But uh, you know, Snyder likes to throw around the money. I heard Atlanta mention, I'm like, I don't I don't know why Ryan or no, Smith would want no. anything to do with that. I heard New Orleans mention, Mike, and I mean, you know, you've got the best quarterback in the league, you've got Colson, you've got Lance Moore. Why would you want a player like Terrell Owens? I, I just don't understand it.
3: Yeah, I don't understand it either. They uh you got Lance Moore, uh Colston, and they just signed uh, Devery Henderson to a four-year contract. Not that Devery oh, is the number one, but uh, and
1: they have Meacham. They have the young guy Meacham, so you know. Yeah, kind of mean, they
3: got a ton of options out there, and they got a good thing going in New Orleans. There's no reason to bring in a cancer, and I hate to use that term, but let's face it, it is what it is. Terrell Owens is a cancer to a team that he goes to now. His production is incredible. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But if you look at his production in the fourth quarter of every game last year, it was pathetic. So, you know, do do you want the name or do you want the fame? I mean, what is it?
1: Here's here's two other teams that stand out. Here's one other team that really stands out, Mike, the Chicago Bears.
3: Who's going to throw it to him?
1: Well, they need somebody to throw too. That's the point. <laughs> you know, you've got Olson on one side, you've got or in the middle, you've got right. Forte in the backfield, and you add an uh-huh. Owens. Well, maybe maybe you can start to get something going on that offense. Is that the piece that the Bears need to put them over the top?
3: Do you start uh, Do you start your offense from the wide receiver first? In my opinion, you start your offense from the offensive line to the quarterback to the running back. Then to the wide receiver, and then progress forward, and that's yeah, going to be but Love, fun to Lovey's, watch. Love's
1: got to be thinking with that defense. He's had, you know, he he only has so much time with that defense to make something happen, and he's had a Super Bowl run already. And you know, you just need a little, little more, another piece on that offense to make something click. You know, so I don't know. I mean, it, it's just one of those possibilities. to yeah. Watch the Bears. Another possibility is the dark hole man, the the Raiders. You know, everybody talks about him going to the Raiders. Uh, and, you know, which yeah, is just a I've disaster a for Jamarcus Russell,
3: you know. I've heard a lot of that, too, Scott. I mean, it's the Raiders, Raiders. I've heard a little bit of Miami. And I was like, no, nah, that won't happen. Bill Parcells, he's tried that once. That won't happen again.
1: What about New England?
3: With Moss? I've heard that thrown around. Well, yeah, I've heard that, too. And uh, Belichick, no way, no way. I mean, if there's anybody that's going to revive somebody's career, it's going to be Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. But I don't see I don't see that happen because they they have Moss and they have the players in place that they need to uh, go back to uh, the AFC Championship and uh, eventually uh, another Super Bowl. So they don't need to do they don't need to spend the money on that guy when they can spend the money elsewhere in a more productive way.
1: Well, it's going to be intriguing. Uh, You know, and this list here, uh, I I did this right before the show, Mike. We've got a a list, a slew of wide receivers that just no telling what's going to happen with these guys. Uh, Listen to this list of of players who are either cut already, looking for a job, or are rumored to be uh, released in the near future. Uh, Obviously, we just talked about Terrell Owens. We've already seen Marvin released. Chad Johnson's unhappy. Anquan Bolden's unhappy. Torrey Holt is rumored to be released. Classico Burris is, is two feet out the door. And then Joey Galloway. So you've got a list of receivers of, of all these guys that uh, were premier, top ten wide receivers, uh, and, and now they're sitting here looking for a job. Well, just what is going on in the NFL?
3: Well, I think one thing is the economy has – a. I mean – We hate to to face it, but it has something to do with it. Uh, The other thing is that teams are set in their ways. The New England Patriots, for instance, they're set in their ways. There are different teams that are set in their ways, and they want to do what they want to do, and free agents are becoming cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. They don't want to spend the money. It's like, look, I can build within, and I know I can do that. That, that's just the way I see it, Scott. I, I mean, it's just you know, it'll change you're, you're here in about three, four years. But uh, for for the now, no, they're they're not going to spend a ton of money. I mean, T. T. J. Husmazada, he he's got to be feeling good by going to Seattle by the contract he got because next year that won't happen.
1: Yeah, TJ Hoosman's auto was another big signing this week that we've been waiting to see where he landed, and uh at the same time we had another another transaction with Lavernius Coles going to the uh going to the Bengals. And so, you know, Hoos leaves, in comes Coles, and really the Bengals come out of this spending a little less good. money and 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 with a with a with a very serviceable gritty, described as gritty, Lavernius Coles. Yeah. They pulled it off.
3: Yeah, I, I think they did. I think they did well on that, and I think Carson Palmer had something to do with that. He's like, okay, well, you know, I hate to lose TJ, but uh, you know, if I got to lose TJ, bring in somebody that can help me out. Well, is close. That's the next option. So, uh, I think uh, I think Carson Palmer's sitting there going, okay, well, we got some options here. We, we got some guys that can make things happen.
1: By the way, uh, you know, we we, we do have a, a call in number that uh we don't even need to uh mention uh because we're not streaming live. Uh but uh we, we will have uh, a couple of uh folks on tonight. Um particularly I know Doctor Dish is uh waiting to get on and, and we're gonna talk about Louisville and Kentucky basketball after this. Louisville on, the, on uh, well, well, Louisville, yeah. uh, number one C Kentucky, uh, you know, with the uh the bubble possibly bursting on them this week. But uh, NCAA is, is kicking uh getting into into form in March, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But here's a couple other signings we want to talk about. Kurt Warner does resign with. Uh, Thank Arizona. you. That was, that was the big name we were all waiting to hear what what happened there, and he's been, he's already announced that he's willing to give up one million dollars of that twenty three million dollar contract
3: uh, to get and yeah. Yeah, he he wants Bowden back. Uh, there's an obvious reason for that. Uh, I you know I don't know. I mean, throughout the course of the year, uh, him and uh, Bowden they were able to hook up quite a bit. But uh, I think he's doing it for the uh, for, for the franchise, and I think it's a a classy move on the uh, on Kurt Warner's part.
2: Um, yeah. I mean,
3: that's pretty cool. Yeah, I heard. I heard a lot of this, and a lot of this. Kurt Warner. Everybody kind of sided with Kurt Warner on this
1: issue about re-signing, and I and I saw that. I mean, it was really it was it was evident in the media. And then when he went to San Francisco, everybody was kind of like, "Well, we can kind of see you through what you're kind of doing here. You're just playing this deal to get the number, and, and then come back, and, you know, and make that offer to uh, Arizona. You kind of wanted to find out what that value was, and he wasn't going to play for Singletary. It just wasn't going to happen. No, no, and. and and I I think we all saw through that but you know, listening him on Dan Patrick this morning, uh, Dan tried to grill him. He said, Hey, who's your number one is Fitz your number one target? And he wouldn't answer it. and then he comes back and says, Look, I don't really have a I don't go into the the huddle, you know, with a play with, with my number one read, you know, he didn't want to come out and say that Fitz is the guy. He said, But I will say this, if if Fitz has open space he's gonna get I'm gonna give him the ball. If, I mean, he's just that good. If he has a Wow, game, I didn't, I, right. I didn't
3: hear that, Scott. That's cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, you know, Dan kind of, you know, always likes to kind of put him in a corner, but
3: uh, yeah. he 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 did a
1: good job. We had Derek Ward sign with the Bucks right after our show uh, last week. We had Derek Ward uh, sign with the Bucks, Mike, and uh, you know he's going to, I guess, share time with Ernest Graham. Right? Uh, they 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 released Ward Dunn, so it's just him and Graham back there. Uh, Cadillac is still there.
3: Yeah, Cadillac kind of like Williams still there. Uh, I don't like anybody that plays for Tampa Bay right now, and I said this last week and the week before. I do not like anybody that plays for Tampa Bay. It's a yeah. dysfunctional organization yeah. where you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, their head coach is Wendell. very green, very green, and you you don't know what's going to go on there. Uh, so if I was, well, I am in fantasy football and dynasty league. I I really don't care anything for Tampa Bay other than uh, uh, Winslow. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, another good story here, and I, I'm just going to keep moving. We got a lot of names here to cover, but you know this situation in Denver, man, uh, with Jay Cutler, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really get what's going on here. I mean, Cutler, obviously the name comes up, and he, he finds out his name's offered in a trade. He starts whining and starts pouting and, you know, trade me then, fine. I don't want to play for you guys. I mean, it, he obviously just doesn't understand what, what this business is all about. Your name is going to come up in every – should come up yeah. you know, in every trade scenario. I mean, as much as we like you, we we got to know what you're worth. And, and, and that Denver defense needs a lot. I mean, they got ran all over last year, passed all over. If you're Denver, you have to be thinking about, well, what can we do? I mean, is there a quarterback out there we can get now that could get us through and, and improve our defense a little bit? They, they signed yeah. Chris Sims. Yeah, they signed Chris Sims. Yeah. I don't know. Is the writing on the wall here? They're going to make a move?
3: Well, you know, they're not going to make a move now, but uh, they were thinking about it. There's no doubt in my mind, Scott, because Jay Cutler is a crybaby. It's like, oh, yep, oh, evidently. my God, they're thinking, about, they're thinking about trading me. They're thinking about trading Well, step up, dude. Step up to the freaking plate and say, I am your guy. I am your guy. I am your number one guy. This is what's going to happen. It goes through me. I'm your quarterback. I'm the quarterback of the offense. And for, for whatever reason, he feels insecure. But you know what? That's okay. That's a good thing. That could make him better this year. Because there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, having somebody looking over your shoulder, this and that, and uh, having somebody saying, oh, man, what think about trading you, man? You know, what do you think might happen here? It might, it might step his level up just a little bit more, and we might see more out of Jake Cutler this year than we've seen before. You never know. Well,
1: yeah, I and, and we just don't know how bad this relationship is right now. That's the question. If you're a Cutler owner right now, you just don't know what's going on with this kid. Is he just turned off to the organization, and he, and, he, and he's just not handling it well at all, and he's ready to, to move on, or have they repaired things? And and, and we just don't know uh, enough about this situation to really be able to. All we do know is they signed Chris Sims, and it's kind of a quiet signing. You thought for a minute right. there, or, or everything you were hearing in the offseason right after the Super Bowl was saying, uh, Tennessee loves having Chris Sims on this team, and then all of a sudden it's an about
3: face, and and now he lands sure. in Denver. Another thing, Scott, real quick is uh, Josh McDaniels has never had a chance to uh, deal with Cutler, so this could be this could be a this could be a great relationship where him and Jay Cutler and Chris Sims they can mold into a threesome that could be unstoppable. You never know.
1: We've, uh, it's sticking with the Denver theme here, Mike. They've signed the three headed monster. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. They got Corel Buckhalter, Lampy quarterbacks. Corel Buckhalter, J.J. Arrington, and Lamont Jordan at running back. Now, I don't, <laughs> what do you say about that? I mean, what are you doing? You, you, you signing three guys with, with very little life on them, or if any, you know, I mean,
3: none of those guys can carry the load. So, what what are they doing? Well, I, I think what they're doing is they're trying to find a, a single running back and a and a backup, but they need to find out who's going to block for them. Do they have the offensive line they can block for them? If they do, then go ahead. Make it a competition between yeah. the six of them. I don't care. Peyton Hill is yeah. I mean, right. throw, them, throw them out there and, and see what happens. But uh, if they others. don't have the offensive line, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I just think it's just I, you know, if you're a fan if you're a fan and you pay money to to sit in the seats and you're signing Buckhalter and Arrington and Lamar yeah. Jordan, I'm just ready to just toss in my chips, man. I'm just like, I'm ready yeah. to move. You know? <laughs> I don't. Oh, I, I totally agree. Paying, I'm not paying season ticket money to watch Buckhalter and
3: Lamont Jordan battle it out in my
1: backfield. I mean, all the, all
3: this all this money is going toward these running back left and right, left and right. When you could be getting somebody on the offensive line that could do some do some good to take care of that running back behind you. You yeah. need to you need to get one, get one, two or three, and just go stand behind them and say, "Hey, you're my guy."
1: Well, and I know I'm all over the place tonight, but there's just so much, so much here. I'm back, I'm back out to Edgar and James here in Arizona. And they kind of did him dirty, where they they now just kind of announced that that they're giving him his walking papers after all the big signings that have taken place, and that that's kind of unfair to Ed. It kind of leaves him, you know, out in the cold, uh, sitting there along with Dominic Rhodes, who just really no, you know, nowhere to go for these guys. I mean, I don't know who's going to pick them up. Benson resigned with the Bengals, so, you know, I mean. I, I don't know. There's just a there's – a, there's a lot going on. I got J.T. O'Sullivan in Cincinnati as a backup.
3: We have Mike Nugent yeah.
1: going to the Bucks. Brandon Jones goes to San Francisco and gets a big contract. I don't know how he – I love that. that.
3: I love that. I love that move. I love that move. Uh, Brandon Jones, I've been tracking him. Yeah. What? He's
1: fast. He's fast, right? He played at Oklahoma, and he was a good yeah. receiver there.
3: But he he, he wasn't able to flourish in Tennessee – He's going to San Francisco, and I think he will be. Uh, I think he'll be a great wide receiver there. I mean, he he he's got a chance now. Oh, you think he's top twenty? Top 30? uh I don't know. We'll see after uh, I'd say mid mid part of this year, uh, possibly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he he could lose. If Musa
1: Muhammad, Muhammad can get thirtieth with uh, DeLome you know, then 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 and Isaac Bruce can get twenty eighth. And San Fran, then maybe maybe he can. Brandon Jones can do it. Uh, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, you know, with with T.O. leaving, I've got – got to be looking at Roy Williams. And, and here's the thing with Dallas. You know, everybody's upset with, you know, T.O. And you have all these Cowboy fans calling into these shows and saying, man, what are we going to do? we got to get Bolden and all this. I'm like, look, you don't have to get Bolden, okay? You've got Witten over the middle. You've got more than a serviceable – uh, one and Roy Williams. You've got a great two on the other side in Crate. You've got a hell of a backfield. You've got a gunslinger for a quarterback in Romo. You, you, a quarterback doesn't need a pro bowler everywhere he looks, okay? That's like you only have one football to throw. And, you know, get yeah. some chemistry going with Witten, get some chemistry going with Roy Williams, and you're going to be fine. <laughs> so, you know, I don't, I don't think they really need to go anywhere. And when I look at Roy Williams, he's a guy that came on and – Really get to develop that chemistry with Romo because he was out those you know three or four games. I don't know how many it was. And then when he came back, it was just kind of you know panic mode and got to get the ball to Whitten and, and they pushed him into Owens. They really never developed anything with Roy. And I mean, if Owens is gone, Owens was uh, what seventy balls and ten touchdowns, a on thousand yards. I mean, I can I can easily see Roy getting getting back up to those numbers. I mean, what do, what do you think of Roy? Well,
3: I think Ward. I think Roy he'll be fine, but they they need somebody else. They need a number one, and I don't think Roy Roy can be a number one. But they got to have somebody to compliment him. Uh, Sam Hurd, he was kind of hurt by the uh, by the fact that uh, they cut T.O., but you know I, Dallas has a lot of issues right now, and they've got to address them and. And it, it doesn't settle with the wide receiver, trust me. Well, the streaming feed is down.
1: Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, the streaming feed is down tonight. So we uh, we apologize for that. That is uh, something going on with the Blog Talk radio servers. Uh, but we do have this podcast available on the website uh, for download if you're listening to it now. Uh, that's where you got it. Um, or you've uh, subscribed to iTunes Radio, and uh, we're, we're also uh, part of that program and platform. Uh, we're going to bring on uh, Dr. Dish to talk a little bit of uh, Dynasty wide receivers, or I'm sorry, Dynasty tight ends tonight.
4: How you doing, guys? Hey. What's up, Leo? How are you all doing? That
3: doctor is in the
4: house. Yeah, I'm glad that I thought it was something I was doing, but I guess it's uh I just can't get anything going here. Right? Oh
1: man, it was frustrating. I was sitting here talking to these tech people, and every time I try it, they said, "Okay, try it now." Yeah. I get logged in, get it try. Nope, it's not it's not working. Yeah. go back to the drawing board. They come back, talk to their tech people, come back, try it now. They're just having you know system wide outages and. They, they assured us that you know midnight. If you recreate your episode and and get your get your show on at midnight, everything will be fine. And so we did. We, as a matter of fact, the whole chat room stayed with us and hung out. I mean, everybody kind of hung yeah. out the entire hour and was willing to stay on. And that's just,
3: you know, we can't. Yeah, that was up pretty cool. Uh, war, war kittens and uh, sports uh, big. I mean, they, they were all right there. Yeah. Yeah, war Kittens, sports
1: betting man, prop all those guys were uh, were hanging out with us. Ko kid, we saw in the chat room tonight. Everybody was there waiting for the uh, for this uh, for this episode where we could talk uh, fantasy, free agency, and also talk about these dynasty tight ends. And I've been taking a lot of heat because I kind of leaked it the other night, and uh, you know a couple of them that I leaked. I, I, I leaked the uh, number one ranked tight end with Jason Witten. Yeah. Uh, I leaked I leaked that, and then I and I also leaked my number three tight end and my number uh, seven tight end. And my number three tight end was Dallas Clark, and my number seven tight end was Tony Gonzalez. And I, and I leaked that just so I could get that conversation going, and boy did it ever, guys. There's a, uh, there's a thread going up on Football Guys right now uh, that uh, Gianmarco, one of, the, uh, one of the regulars there over at Football Guys, uh, put up. And the, the question is, Dallas Clark versus Tony Gonzalez, who's the better dynasty tight end? And so we phrased it in a couple of different ways to kind of get your wheels turning. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and showcase this thread tonight. Uh, it, it can be found over at FootballGuys.com on the, in the Shark Pool. Uh, FootballGuys.com is the authority there for uh, good uh, information. It's 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 a it's a group and a community of uh, fantasy football uh, maniacs who hang out on this site and uh, can really boost your performance. All the high stakes players know about it, and 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 it's good for conversation, but. Ian Marco had a good way of phrasing this. When we're looking at Dallas Clark and Tony Gonzalez, guys, and and I'll start with you, uh, Dish, which tight end would you prefer on your dynasty team if you have a young prospect tight end as a backup, Tony Gonzalez or Dallas Clark? That's a big if. If you already have a young prospect tight end as a backup, who would you prefer on your dynasty team? man. Well, let me give you a little information. Tony Gonzalez is
4: 33, Dallas Clark is 30. Yeah, on a dynasty team, I have to go with Clark for his age difference. You know, Gonzalez you know, just keeps doing it year in, year out, and you keep saying if that team gets any better, if they get a little bit better and improve, Gonzalez is going to be, uh, you know, worth his weight in gold. Yeah. Um,
1: well, that's a dead he- That's a dead even horse race right now.
4: Yeah.
1: Uh, It's a dead even horse race. It's a it's split 50-50. Uh, the second question was, which tight end would you prefer on your Dynasty team if it was your only tight end?
4: Gonzo. No, 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 no. I guess I'd take Clark. I don't guess so. It...
3: Mike, what do you think? i I take Dallas Clark. Yeah. i take Dallas Clark out of the box. i take yeah. Dallas Clark I You don't I have really know what Gonzo's
4: going to do on this new new type of team Kansas City's going to have, you know, but well,
3: Dallas, uh, Clark is,
4: Dallas Clark is leading that poll 61% to 38 I take
3: Dallas Clark, because he's, he's three years younger, uh, you know what you're going to get, plus uh, Andy is losing Harrison. That means a lot to me, and that means a lot to uh, Peyton Manning. There's so much that can happen there. Uh, Tony Gonzalez has been one of the best tight ends that's ever played the game. Put, give him a ring, put him in Canton, no doubt about it. But. You know the
1: crazy thing is the crazy thing is Tony Gonzalez was born a year after me. Yeah. February in February yeah. of seventy six. And he's already like a you know, a Hall of Fame career and, yeah. and that that's just amazing, you know. I mean I'm only thirty three but it's just uh you know, he was born in February, seventy six. So uh, no, no. who will have the better fantasy year in two thousand nine? Specifically two thousand nine. Who has the better fantasy year, Gonzalez or Clark?
4: Clark. I'm gonna say Clark too.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, you guys are bucking the trend. Sixty four percent of the people say Tony Gonzalez.
4: It's just the only as i a lot of a uh, lot of question marks in Kansas City. Now, I mean, it looks like they've improved on paper, you know, but you, like they improved, do? It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have to do it.
1: And then the last question, who will have the better fantasy year in 2010, Gonzalez or Clark? Clark. That's a runaway. That's
3: an
1: 61%, yeah. 61% to 38 right now. Now, uh, Gianmarco had another good way of phrasing this. Uh, he said, uh, both had excellent 08 seasons. Both are on the older side. Both have reasons to be optimistic. Gonzo is 33 He's a Hall of Fame tight end whose game hasn't slowed down at all to this point. He now has Castle to throw to him. Yeah.
2: He has Dwayne
1: Bowe to take some pressure off of him. He's three years older than Clark, and he could retire at any moment. With Dallas Clark, he was born in June of 79, so he's almost 30. But he's on—he's a tight end on an elite passing team. He's three years younger than Gonzo. There's a loss of Marvin Harrison. That's potentially more targets for Clark. I would say definitely more targets for Clark.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: only has about two years' track record of top finishes, and he has an injury history and over the age of 30, which is not good for tight ends. And <laughs> and, and, and it's curious, uh, you know, some of the information here, some of the stats, the, they're, they're, they, they listed the top 20 seasons by tight ends, 32 years of age and older. So if you feel like Gonzalez is going to outscore Clark this year, which there's a very high probability he does, he's the best to ever play the game, then you're looking at next year. And by that time, uh, Dallas Clark is, is turning the 32 corner. And can he play as long as Tony Gonzalez, who's the exception to the rule, who's always kept in top shape, who hardly ever misses a game? There's only been, uh, let's see, it says here uh, three fantasy players, only three times has a 33-plus-year-old tight end scored over a uh, 100 fantasy points now that's without ppr but basically what they're saying is there's only been three good seasons with tight ends over 33 years of age and so you know if, if if tony gonzalez does it what are the chances that dallas clark can do it so i'll open the floor back to you guys
3: i see uh i see dallas clark doing everything that tony gonzalez is doing right now and even more uh like i said especially with the uh with the removal you see, you of uh, Marvin Harrison? You
1: see, uh, you see Dallas Clark going for 96 catches and 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns uh, next year, maybe?
3: No. No, I do not. I do okay, not. No well, way. That was no way. Gonzalez
1: 2008,
3: yeah. But but Gonzalez won't do that in 2010. I'm breaking down what Gonzalez is going to do in 2009, 2010, 2011, versus Clark 2009, 10, 11.
4: Well he has got about a thousand yards every season, ain't not Yeah, I mean he's a stud. He's gonna make things happen every single year. But it's not gonna it's not gonna to continue to happen under the offense he's in. I don't know, he seemed like that was, he was all their offense this year. <laughs> you know, it was but, uh,
1: Well, here it is. When you look at that when you look but, at it for thirty two year old tight ends, it gets bleak. There have been 247 tight end seasons played by a tight end age 32 or older. Only 10 of those seasons have they scored 80 or more. Four of those belong to Shannon Sharp. Yeah. The rest include Wesley Walls, Jane Novatek, Pete Metzelaars, and Gonzalez. Half of those 10 seasons were less than 100 points. Point being is that at, uh, he says at least he's going to assume for this year that most predict Gonzalez to outscore Dallas Clark. We'll see how the polls work out, but here's the kicker. Even if Gonzo were one and done and either crapped out the rest of his career or just flat-out retired, Dallas Clark has the odds stacked against him to be fantasy-relevant the following year in 2010 at age 31. It gets even worse statistically, historically speaking, at age 32. So whether or whether not uh, you don't – you know, Dallas has only been in the league for six years, but he's he was older when he came in. He was 24 when he came in the league, and he's only played for six years, so he hasn't really taken as much as many hits he's played more like a wide receiver than a tight end that's how he lines up so uh it, it's one of those it's one of those things you know I, I see it kind of back and forth here some people feel that you're going to see more from dallas clark other people feel like you know that was his greatest year and you know to expect more is 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 bucking the trend I, when you get over that 30 mark
3: i think you'll see more out of him scott because just for the simple fact that uh marvin harrison's gone uh Peyton wants another option he needs another option. Uh, they want, let's face it, this team, they are hungry to get back in the AFC Championship game. They're hungry to get back in the Super Bowl, and they're not going to sell for anything less. So uh, Dallas Clark has to be a part of that equation uh, to make sure they get there. And there's only one way, and it's for him where it's week one Two, three, or week fourteen. Dallas Clark is going to be a huge part of that equation. All right.
1: So you agree with these uh, rankings? Let, 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 let me go ahead and unveil these here. Uh, at number ten on the list, I have the rookie John Carlson, uh, the tight end from uh, Seattle that played from Notre Dame. Uh, he, he just had a, he had a great first season, yeah. and he's one of those guys that if I own in a cup in, in a league, which I do in several, uh, I can't sell right now unless you're unless no. you're giving me a nice Unless you're giving me something nice in return, because what we he's saw gonna out of him—he's going to play for
4: a contract too. I'm sorry. He's going to play for a contract too. You know, that's the thing about the younger guys. The older guys have made their money in the league already. You know, and I mean, they're they're looking for fat contracts, but they can they've made their money. You know, and uh, they're looking for some retirement money, I guess. You know, but uh, the young guys yep. are hungry.
1: Yeah, he, he's uh, you know, he was a um, a rookie last year, and uh, he he was drafted. Uh, I, I'm, I can't remember quite where he went, but he was one of the higher, uh, the more heralded tight ends to come out along with Dustin Keller. And uh, yeah, he's 6'5, 250. Yeah. Uh, number one.
4: Plays. Right in, wasn't he? I think that had I'm some thinking.
1: good hands. He had 55 catches for 600 yards and five touchdowns. So he's my number 10. Uh, number nine coming in is another player I like here, guys, uh, Greg Olson. From the oh, Bears, yeah. 54 catches, 570 yards, five touchdowns. From the U, he's
4: also six five two fifty. He was under well, underutilized,
1: man. He was... Yeah, you're really talking about a clone, those two guys, uh, and they and they both can go over the middle. And they and I've, I saw some real big plays out of Olsen this year to give me some hope that I wouldn't I wouldn't release him unless I'm getting a a good offer, uh, you know, from another Chicago? guy. Any?
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, number eight on my list is Dustin Keller. And Dustin Keller, we saw what he could do. Yep. Uh, he didn't have as statistically sound a season as those other two that I mentioned, 48 catches, 530 yards, and three touchdowns. But he showed flashes as an emerging top fantasy he threat. Year, it is. Good. And he was turning into a favorite target of Favre there for a while. We'll see if that – uh, what, what happens in that passing game. But to be honest with you, again, I had him below Gonzo. I really wanted to put him ahead of Gonzo. It would be very hard for me to part with him, knowing I'm only going to get one more year out of Tony Gonzalez. Now the question would be, if I have a team that can win now and go for the title, you know, I might swap Gonzo for Keller, but there's a chance that, you know, Keller explodes. And, and, and then you're sitting there saying, man, why did I do that? You know, for for a measly 40 points, I don't have a tight end next year. And I just gave away Dustin Keller, who could be the best tight end in the game in a couple years. Well, you know
3: what? Uh, I, I, another thing, Scott, was I was looking at uh, last year. I was looking at a Brad Cotton. Brad Cotton, I thought, you know, that's, that's my backup to uh, Tony Gonzalez. That's going to yeah. be the, that's going to be my guy uh, when I have to back up a tight end. But tight ends will they'll fall to you. They will fall to you in fantasy football. I don't care what it takes. They will fall to you. So uh, I wouldn't sweat it too much, in my opinion. I, I really wouldn't. All
1: right. So we have number seven at Gonzalez. Number six. Uh, number six on my list is Chris Cooley. Obviously, he's a top tight end in the game. Uh, you don't have any worries with him. Eighty three catches, eight hundred and fifty yards, and a touchdown. One touchdown. Only found the, the end zone one time with Jason Campbell. So. Red zone of offense for Campbell's definitely lacking in that in that uh, Zorn offense, but we'll see if Cooley can't get that corrected That's where this year. I thought
4: Owens might end up going to Washington, maybe. And that would...
1: I really wanted to put Cooley ahead of Winslow too, but my upside with Winslow, I if he's healthy, yeah, I, think, yeah. I, I put Winslow at number five.
4: So you got Winslow five. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Who? He ought to be yep. in his prime this year. I know.
1: Yep. Winslow, five, you know, I, it's one of those guys, he's hard to trade, you know, because you've seen what he can
4: do, yeah. and, and do obviously it.
1: he didn't do it last year, uh, but we've seen what he can do, so I, I, I put him there because if I have him, I can't just let him go uh, and, and sell him cheap just because he had a down year. I mean, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna allow him to have a down year because the year prior, we saw big, big things from him. and. Uh, 82 catches, 1,100 yards the year before, so huh, I remember that.
4: Yeah. I got Weslow behind Carlson. He wasn't as healthy, as he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number four on the list? Owen Daniels. Bring it oh, on!
1: Oh. <laughs> An up-and-comer, 70 catches, 860 yards, two touchdowns. And he became Max Jobs, one of his favorite targets, yeah, right. and, uh, he, and and Sage Rosenfeld. I really liked him, and I like what I see out of him. Daniel, baby. Yeah, he's, a he's got fast, hand, 6'3", Six three, two forty seven. He he's was a Pro it. Bowler last year. Uh, he he did sign a uh, he he was a restricted free agent, and they signed a, a one year two point eight million dollar contract. And I don't think any other team uh, tried to come out and grab him. And what's, what's surprising?
4: Yeah, he's in the right system, too. Well, he just this year That team's going to make some noise this year. I
3: told Neil, I totally agree with you. Yeah, you, you got Owen Daniels. They, they got, Daniels, they got young
4: player just running the system, team. and I look like they've got a year under their belt. You know, exactly. All, all four.
3: They got all physical written all over them. Uh, actually, I've got Owen Daniels at number five on my list. Okay. Okay, all right.
1: Number three on the list, Dallas Clark. We talked about that ad nauseum. Number two on the list, Antonio Gates. He's still Antonio Gates Uh uh, from what we saw in the playoffs. Obviously, he had that injury going into the season. It it kind of uh, had a hold of him all year, but then – we started to see him come back kind of to life here, and uh, I can't sell him. And, and part of these rankings aren't projections for next year, but they are rankings so that you can properly evaluate who you have and who you, and, and who you want to acquire and what price you're going to have to pay. When you're talking about dynasty value, uh, it, it's not necessarily the points they're going to score, but it's the value they hold uh, in your trades, in your negotiations with your draft picks, uh, you you want to know where they stack up, and, and and I have Gates up at number two.
4: Mhm, I do too. You have to have him up there, and Whitten's got to be the he ought to be unanimous the unanimous first number one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, unanimous number one. I mean, he's almost he's almost a number one receiver, you know. The...
3: Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, let me roll through my uh, top ten real quick. Uh, I know Shianco, you probably didn't mention him, but uh, i got to put him at number 10. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He's pretty effective, be, uh, uh, instrumental, in everything that he's done. Well, who would you uh, throw out,
1: out of my list to get him in there, Mike?
3: I don't know. Who did I throw out?
1: To get him in. Olsen? Uh, I threw out Ben Watson. I didn't have Ben Watson. I had Greg Olsen. Did you throw out Greg Olsen?
3: Greg Olson, yeah, he's down there about fifteenth.
1: Okay, alright, go ahead.
3: Yeah. I didn't have him I didn't have him in there. Uh then I got uh Kellen Winslow at number nine. Okay, alright. I got him way down there. Uh Johnson at eight. Uh I like Dustin Keller at number seven. I like him too. Uh Tony Gonzalez at six. Owen oh, Daniels, definitely a five, and maybe moving up even more. I mean, I, th- the more I see about this Houston-Texas team, the more I like. You yeah, know, you bring yeah. the running game with Slayton yeah,
4: and I, I,
3: I, Johnson. I, I, there's just so many like factors. I, <laughs> I like about that team? Yeah, th- there's a lot to like about it. Yeah, uh, Four, Dallas Clark. All right. uh, Chris Coley sets there at three. And the top two are Jason Witten. Yeah, I, I like those
1: rankings, Mike. Yeah, it looks it looks good, and uh, and I like to see Shanko up there. I mean, to see the, some of the plays that they made last year.
4: He got somebody throwing the ball this year too. Now, what the, who is yeah, Texas? And
1: you know Minnesota. what? The scary
4: thing is the scary thing is last year
3: he didn't have anybody throwing the ball. What did he do with it?
1: Right. Well, and that's the thing that's oh. the thing with that team that's a that's a run first
4: offense, so I you know probably gonna stay that though too
1: right all right, guys well, uh you know the last thing I wanted to do here for these tight ends is we're following a draft right now, and it's some of the better known uh, dynasty players that are out there, and I'm just gonna let you know where these where these tight ends went in the draft, okay. Uh, if you if you've, if you've drafted dynasty before you've uh you, you know that things are a little bit different you draft for youth and just to give you an idea the number 1 pick in this draft was Calvin Johnson the number 2 pick in the draft was Larry Fitzgerald before any other players went Calvin on the team in in the draft.
2: The Calvin court. Johnson and
1: Larry Fitzgerald went 1-2 back-to-back.
4: Yeah.
1: And a matter of fact, the owner of the 1-1 pick acquired the 1-2 pick also, so
4: he's starting off his draft with Calvin on, Johnson got, and Larry Fitzgerald. What, what a way to start now.
1: The rest of that draft went: oh. Adrian Peterson, Maurice Jones-Drew, Andre Johnson, Brandon Marshall, Matt Forte, Michael Turner, Chris Johnson, Steven Jackson, Frank Gore, Greg Jennings, D. Will, Colston. I mean, it goes on and on. Steve Smith, Roddy White, Michael Crabtree, Randy Moss, Dwayne Bowe, Reggie Wayne. I mean, all big names.
4: Got a rookie up there, huh?
1: Yep, even have, a, even have a rookie up there. Now, looking at tight ends specifically, the first one didn't go off the board until pick 30. That was Jason Witten. Pick 41, Antonio Gates. Pick 58, Dallas Clark. Pick 61, Chris Cooley. Pick 70, Kellen Winslow. Pick 84, Tony Gonzalez.
3: Wow, pick, that's it's going deep now.
1: Pick eighty nine Owen Daniels, and then we had a run of three back to back to back: Keller, Sheffler, and Zach Miller.
4: Zach Miller, yeah, Oakland. That ran somebody to throw if He had, you know, he ought to have, but he just don't get. You know, well, he is. He is he got more passes than any receiver out of Oakland, didn't he? You know? Right.
1: Yeah. He was their leading. He was their leading receiver last year. And the one guy that we didn't
4: don't throw the ball enough. Well, they didn't have it all the time. The
1: one guy that we didn't mention now. Mike Yershenko went at 207, and and again, that, when wow. you're talking about dynasty rankings, it's it's you know I guess it's important to, to to realize the value of that player. And while you may hold him higher than most, that can be a guy right there, Mike, that you should be trying to acquire and paying the price. That you know, look, if he went to pick 207, that's a guy you could trade right now. You could trade a Todd but, Heap or a Martin Rucker or a Bo Skae or a Vernon Davis. All those guys were picked before Yershenko. Yeah. Yeah, so go get him. If if you like him up there at number ten, you can easily acquire this guy. I mean, with all yeah, the those no right in. well, I
3: mean, he showed it last year with Minnesota. I mean, he he showed what he can do. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind. I'm I'm right now. I'm looking at. Uh, I picked up Deverett Henderson. Of I spent too much on him, but uh, we talked about that a little bit ago. But uh, no, I, I mean, I think Siyanco. I, I mean, I think he's going to be rock solid for Minnesota, whether it's uh, Tavares Jackson throwing to him or whoever it may be throwing to him. I mean, the guy has shown he has a nose for the end zone.
1: Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with uh, college basketball, and we're going to talk Louisville basketball. Oh card. <laughs>
2: look looking at damn You chasing the money You chasing you Praying for marriage Romance in your honey I'm searching But where does it end I'm leaning I'm calling a friend I'm running And running For someone To lend me a hand Or to help me escape.
1: <laughs> no, we haven't heard that in a while.
2: Haven't
1: heard in a hey, while, Scott. Yeah, we've got NCAA basketball ready for March Madness and the Louisville Cardinals, a potential number one seed. We've been following them all year. And here we are, guys, at the end of the season. Louisville has done everything they need to do to position themselves atop the Big East. If two things happen, number one, at noon tomorrow, Pittsburgh plays at home against number 1 Yukon. If Pittsburgh knocks off Yukon, Dr. Dish, and Louisville finishes business at West Virginia on their senior night, Saturday night, the primetime game on ESPN. That's that's where the game ta- the game crew, the game day crew is, right? They're going to be in West yeah. Virginia. Yeah. So if they win that primetime game, Louisville is a it is the number 1 seed.
4: Yeah, they win the Big East and number one seed in the Big East Tournament and probably number one seed in the NCAA Tournament.
1: Well, yeah, because you've got Oklahoma was one of the locks. They lost last week. You'll have UConn losing. You'll have Pitt probably going up there, but you can't have Pittsburgh leapfrog Louisville when Louisville is the
4: outright
1: winner of the regular season in the Big East.
4: Yeah, and having a win over Pittsburgh also.
1: And then North Carolina has a game against Duke. So, you're sitting here, potentially, Louisville is the number 1 seed in all the land. Yeah.
4: Yeah, it's just amazing I'm I'm uh, the way this can play out. Say I mean, that for 2 weeks, guys. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Patino's been saying all along, "Don't please God, don't let us move to number 1." <laughs> but I thought if you're going to be number 1, now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it. I've been I, I've been saying this for
3: 2 weeks, Scott. Louisville is as good or better than any team I've ever seen because defense. Their defense is tenacious. It's relentless. It's something like I've never seen before. Back the in the, defense, uh,
4: you know, it, they, they all they got them all balled into that system where they're all playing that defense. Um, you know, they don't give the guys the open shot. If They do it's because I, I, mean, I, I still say play. I still say
3: on a one-on-one basis, North Carolina is the best team in the nation, but. Right now, Louisville deserves
4: a number one seed. You know, I've heard them even say. I've heard them talking lately that, that it could possibly be uh, out of the Biggie. You could have three number one seeds.
1: Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't you surprise know,
4: you, me you one bit. U of L, you know.
1: Well, it's shaping up that way. And again, that game for Louisville is at nine p.m. Eastern. It's in Morgantown and you you talk about a rivalry in football and in basketball this is it west virginia is no joke they need this win to uh to give them some momentum rolling into the big east tournament and the last time uh we played uh let's see january 31st at louisville we won 69-63 in a game that uh, uh just seemed seemed like it it, it could have went either way with when louisville Jumped out by twenty points in the first half, and we're, we're 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 hearing about how great Louisville is. This is the best they've looked all year, and then West Virginia comes storming back in the second half. Uh, not got hey, Three point shooting, but it was just it was all about rebounding and and and, and team play and getting to the line. Yeah, do babe, me I a actually,
3: favor, real quick. Could you Google what Louisville is on the road and take out the Notre Dame game? Just totally take out the Notre game.
4: I think that's the only loss.
3: There was no way they were going to win that game. Lost, How is Louisville on the road? Yeah, that's yeah, what they, uh, impresses uh, me more than anything. I Meaning yeah. the Big
4: East
1: the... Yeah, they definitely had a, a season for the record books for them. Uh, absolutely, it was one of those games that uh, one of those seasons that you have to be proud of. And and, and, as, and as Cardinal fans, we are. Uh, but but the thing that we're, we were reminded of is that the beat game where we were just manhandled underneath and. And to be honest with you guys, when we talked about this uh, Marquette game that we just saw, Marquettes a gritty team. I'm not taking anything away from them, but they don't right. have any size, they don't have anybody over six, seven. They have one guy at six, seven, one guy six, six. And we should have been able to go inside on these guys and do something, and they completely took us out of an inside game, And if we can't get that fixed,
4: I by the back awful. to the basket, yeah.
1: inside, outside, then then we are, we are not going to go very far.
4: That was our fault that game, too, though. I mean, I think they didn't try to. If they would have went in, they could. If, when Patino gets their attention and tells them to take that ball, always when they come down the floor, he has to call timeout and tell, tell them when they come down the floor and make sure that somebody inside touches that ball. Work it inside before anybody takes a shot. And, you know, they might throw back out. But uh, yeah. I think,
3: uh, Now, I'm I'm speaking from a Kentucky fan because I'm kind of envious right now of what, what you guys are going through because, let's face it, you're a uh, – you're a final four team. Nice spot to be will, in. Will free, will free throw shooting have anything to do with this? Let's face it, T. Will can play the one, two, three, or four. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, there's a lot of guys on that team that can do play a, a lot of different positions. Free throw shooting,
4: will it impact that team? It could, in play, you know, and you get down to the, you know, it's like North Carolina. They how they're such a good free throw shooting team, and you if you put them on the line, they're going to win the games. You know, if you got to, you that's one of the things you don't want to do. Is put Hansborough on the line, and that's one thing that wins a lot of games for them. Uh, likewise in Louisville, you know, they they seem to like, I think it's a mental thing with them. It's not they can't hit them. You know, it's just uh, uh, they seem to get up there and worry about how they look rather than what they're trying to make make the basket. You know.
1: Well they, I don't they, think, they better I don't think free
4: throws are a problem. Yeah, I've never I mean, seen a problem you know, before here at all, you know, for... you
3: know well people keep talking about well, you missed a shot here, missed a shot there, but when, yeah, when you look at the when you look at the line of the stats and go, Holy crap, we were eight out of sixteen from the line. We were nine out of seventeen from the line. Uh, when you look back on that, it's it's not about that last shot that was not made or made, it was about those free
4: throws that weren't made throughout the course of the game. you know there was a time I was just getting off the point here a little bit, but you know when you brought that up that was one of the things about Kentucky that made that I liked about them the other day they were twenty two to twenty two at one point I mean hitting free throws, and I thought, wow, you know if they could just <coughs> make free throws they just they, they got a frog freaking coach, oh yeah, I don't want to go there. I don't <laughs> want to go there, Neil. Back, let's get back on you, Valor. Right yeah, well,
1: just, good, looking good. At the, uh, just looking at the free throw percentage, Louisville shot 64% last year. They're shooting 65% this year, so it's just kind of, you know, there hasn't really been anything. 65% any,
3: any from the line when nobody's in when front of you. That makes
1: no
4: freaking sense to me. Yeah, they've made them when it counts, you know. That's what I said. They, uh... This is a well, team that can go over the top. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. they don't realize how much that would improve their game too. You know what? The, them guards missing them is what gets me a like lot. I, I know one of the reasons, you know, is fatigue. You know, because they play so hard when they're out there, and then all of a sudden you you slow down, stop, and you get on the line. You know, <laughs> and, I, and I think they're, uh, you know, just hey, Neil, a, little, a little tired. I'm 41. How old are you? Uh, be 60 this year. Okay, how old are them? How old are they?
3: Yeah.
4: Oh, I'd say early 20s, 21. 18 to 22. Yeah, and they're yeah. tired. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. from the effort they yeah. give during the games, what I was meant, you know, because they're always he wants. I know, to I, know I know, I know, I know, I know. What you're saying, but 18 yeah. to 22 year olds can't make a freaking free throw yeah. with nobody yeah. in their face.
3: Yeah.
1: It's a 15 foot well,
3: shot.
4: You want yeah, to kids you, do that? You know what I mean?
1: You got to look a little deeper in the numbers, guys. When you look at their free throws, I've got the stats right here. The, the person who leads the, the team in free throw attempts is Samardo Samuel, so he's the one that's getting pounded inside, and so yeah. he's a center. Centers yeah. historically don't shoot well. Then the next two guys that lead the team in free throws okay. are both are both our forwards, Terrence Williams and Earl Clark. Mm-hmm. And so, again, you've got forwards shooting the ball rather than guards slashing through the lane. We've got our forwards slashing yeah, through. It's Earl course Clark course and Terrence. Right. Yeah.
3: Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. So what you're saying is that forwards and centers can't shoot free
4: throws, and that should be understood. Historically they shoot worse than guards absolutely Wars, right. so that that makes that makes you the most sense what's going on 89% you know Christian yeah. Leiter yeah. Christian Leder, he could shoot pretty throws pretty good well that's it's, what i was saying about North Carolina too you know that Hansborough that's one of his high, high, high. no
3: I don't buy that
4: historical crap huh. then well, forwards and centers can't shoot
3: free throws. Bull crap! It I don't buy being able to hit free throws. You,
1: you simply don't know what you're talking about, Mike, and that's uh-huh. just usually more of the same from you. And and you know, I, I I tell you, you know, I kind of feel like Bob Knight right now, and I'm just kind of telling the truth and, and the way it is. And I know it hurts, but that's just the way it goes. Guard and typically get in yeah. the line more. You know, Christian Leitner is the name that you should really think about, and you should have nightmares about. You know, that's the game there. I that do. You should remember for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it sounds like that commercial. I can't wait to see it.
4: That one. With
1: I can't the wait to see it. The, yeah. Oh yeah, it is, is, or, you know. Know.
4: and he them out of it. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. But
1: as usual, Mike, as usual, Mike, you are wrong, and you're back in a team that uh, seems to be on the wrong side of the W's right now. What's going on
3: with the Wildcats? We got some Wildcat listeners. A few. What is going on with these guys? Well, I'll tell you what, there, there, there's a lot of things that, that's going on. Uh, you know, I, I still stand firmly behind them. Uh, Jody Meeks, I mean, this is a guy that's probably player of the nation, if he could be, uh, Patrick yes, Patterson. Sir. I
4: disagree but the, with that altogether. I mean, I well, think I, I, think I he's got he a star in Patterson, but I don't think Meeks is. I think he's hot and cold, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, he I think he, 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 you know, he will well
3: t will t wills he's all that, but uh I don't know it's just a team that needs one more player to step up, and I've talked about it in a couple of shows uh last week's show the week before that uh we need w- one more person to step up uh in
4: the mold you know my read and, on that mike i just don't think they're playing like a team i think all the other guys they've all caught so much hell from from, from your new coach it, that's just uh and he don't act like he wants anybody to shoot he was like that like that last year with the two guards he had and this year he's just like that with patterson and Meeks, like he wants them to shoot all the time but then he gets this in when they take a bad shot
3: but he wants. i said all that job. off air i i said exactly what and you're and saying i said, on, said that off
4: like, air like a team you know
3: there is no there is no leadership. There is no leadership whatsoever. There is no coach saying, this is what needs to happen. I, but I'm not inside that locker room. I don't know. Uh, but from what I see is exactly what you're saying. There is no leadership. We need a guy. But last year we had uh, Ramel Bradley and uh, Joe Crawford, seniors, that were able to oh, say, hey, guys, so here, here's what happens. This year they have none, and apparently uh, apparently Gillespie is not uh, given the torch to one of those kids to make it happen. It's frustrating. It's really
4: it It's really, spru- it, it's, it's really frustrating. You don't, you don't see any, any of them developing either. That's the problem, though. You don't see any of them developing. You know, and it, it, oh. I don't even know it, it. It It ain't like past teams they've had there. I mean, every year they just kind of add some more good ones. You'd have five pros on that team usually. You know. Uh, well, let, rise, let's,
1: let, let's stick in the moment with what we're, we're looking at, Mike. And, and you know, we saw the big win against Florida after the skid, the three-game skid. They came back and had a, a, a emotional win against Florida. And and then at Arkansas, they, they looked really good against those guys. Vandy kind of came up and surprised them, but it was at Vandy, and that was a, that was a game that was going to be hard to win.
4: They cried oh, to LSU this week,
1: they, they, they have Tennessee's number, obviously. They spanked them again. Tennessee goes home a loser. And then, you know, this South Carolina game is what had to upset you when you just yeah. got blown off the floor at South Carolina. And yep. then LSU is another team that you a respectable
3: loss. Yeah. No, no, hang on, Scott. That's the game that, that upsets me more than anything.
4: Yeah, they have. They, they
3: have, were they down have. at half. They pulled Porter out, which. They should have. They should have been doing all all year long. They made. They probably played the best nineteen minutes out of twenty that I've ever seen out of Kentucky basketball in the last two years. Yeah. They were running. They were gunning. They were making things happen. No turnovers. Assists. Helping each other out. Doing things that they needed to do. And then it just they they let it slip slip away in the last minute. But I love the combination that he had out there in that nineteen minutes against LSU. Well, I, I tell you, I can hear the pain in your voice,
1: and uh, I, I, <laughs> Kentucky, Kentucky is after Jody Meeks. They don't have another guard getting it done. Liggins has tried, he, like you said, Porter's tried, First. and you know, to be honest with you, I've seen good moves out of Galloway. It seems like he could, he could. Do Kevin it. Galloway,
4: hell yeah, yeah, he showed me more talent for. Just natural talent than anybody. Yeah, on natural the team.
1: natural talent and ability. This kid is the one that I thought, man, maybe they should be giving him the ball more. But and he's six seven. I mean, that's unusual for a guard in itself, you know. But so I don't know, man. Uh, it you know, seems like they're just they're just trying to find a way to implode and give this season away.
4: Yeah, I done read in the paper today that uh, Patterson said, well, they don't even want to think about going to NIT. Well, I understand that, you know, right now. But I, I think that you know they're losers seven. They lost seven out of their last ten. And having to play at Florida tomorrow, or tomorrow or Sunday or when they play. But, uh, uh, I mean, it's a winnable game. Uh, whether they do or not, uh, who knows? Well, yeah, I, I mean, know, even, if they, you know, even if they didn't and they got invited to the NIT, I mean, even if they didn't get invited to the NCAA, I mean, it's really a, it, that NIT tournament is going to be full of quality teams. I mean, I can name a bunch of them about the Big East that are going to be in there. It's a. Uh, I mean, like your Notre Dame, I think, and your uh, Georgetown, they're going to be here. Yeah. You know
3: what, Neil? That's a good point. That's a good point. There's a lot of teams out of the, uh, of the Big East and uh, ACC, for instance. They will be in the NIT. It's just, as a Kentucky fan, uh, I can't handle that. <laughs> I can't handle the NIT, not in tournament. I can't handle it.
1: Well, guys, we're going to wrap it up. We've, uh, we've, we've, we, we had our difficulties. It's late. We, uh, we had a good show. uh, Yeah, we did. We pulled it together, man. And I appreciate you sticking it out there. And and have a good time tonight. Be careful, whatever you guys are doing. And, Dr. Dish, thanks for showing up. And we're going to have a heck of a time on Saturday, man. It's going to be a celebration Saturday. So, uh, start with noon, Pittsburgh against UConn at Pittsburgh. Uh, That's the game that we're watching first at noon. And then if, if all goes well, Louisville plays at West Virginia. We get to watch uh, you know
4: the the uh, the crew all all day with Billis and Knight. Isn't uh, the last game of the season decide the Big East again? Yeah, Ain't yeah, it's funny. gonna
1: it, it's gonna be fun. So uh, we'll we'll do it again, and 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 hopefully we'll do better, and and, and get the uh, get the show back, so we can get the live callers back. That's always fun, and and get the uh, chat room up and rolling. So this has uh, been Scott and Mike, uh, Red versus Blue with Doctor Vish. Uh, so long, everybody. We've got to, oh one last thing before we do before we go. There's a show on Animal Planet, Mike. All right. You've got to watch. It's called Jockeys. 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 Kill Keel it's, it's It's all of your thoroughbred jockeys. It's a reality show on the thoroughbred jockeys. As they go, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm telling you guys, for horse racing fans, <laughs> all three of us are, yeah. it, is, it is fascinating to watch. Uh, you know, we're we're sitting here watching all the greats, all the big names, and, and they're back in the back in the locker room areas and, and the 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 way they get up in the mornings at four o'clock in the morning and start their day and looking for a ride. Uh who's that who's the uh, jockey his, his last name is Court? C O U R T Court? John Court.
3: John Court. John Court.
1: Yeah, and, and they're 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 kind of showing him he was trying to get a ride in the Breeders' Cup last year at Santa Anita. Yep. And he's waiting on the call, and he finally gets the call. He gets the ride. Him and his wife, they they get there, and and you know he's he's the guy that gets up at four o'clock every morning, and you know it, it's it's nice to see. And next week, I, I guess, is that race uh, when he was riding. Um, oh, I can't even remember his name. Well, I tell
3: uh, you what, I tell you what, Scott. Uh, when I was uh, when I was around them horses uh, about seven eight years ago, just. That early in the morning, I mean, that's their uh, that's their midday, and they love that. And it was it, it's fun stuff. Well, you you love this it's show. On Animal I, know Planet. You, I know you're not,
1: Yeah. I know you're I'm not on uh, big God. on TV, but you would love this show. It's fascinating. It's I, on Animal Planet. Cool. It's called Jockeys.
2: So I got a road down. Uh,
1: yeah, we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that, guys, and we'll see you next week. It's Red versus Blue. Five o'clock, though. So good.
2: The stores are open, people buying, people trying, climbing To get to the top of the world in this modern day, boring, it's simple timing I'm taking my bill, she's taking some pills, he's talking behind the wheel Actors, acting, rappers, rappers, a drug of a deal Homeless are looking for meals, the thief is still looking at steal You chasing the money, you chasing, you praying for marriage, romance in your honey I'm searching, but where does it end? I'm leaning on calling a friend I'm running and running for someone to let me your hand to help me a Go My time, I renew with my mind to the truth that climb so high. I find in a part of my life the joy I will lift up my eyes. The
0: To Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide, with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.
1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.